Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of Magnastics, and we're going to talk about the Olympics. Ooh. I'm not sure how long this episode is going to take, but uh, let's go. I guess the first thing I want to mention is Arthur Delaloyan. He did all six events in podium training and then said, well, you know, I'm not planning on doing on all all six, but, you know, it's just in case, you know, somebody else can't do one of the other events. And we were just kind of like, mm, okay. And then he did all around in qualifications and qualified in sixth position. He lied to us. <laughs> but, like, yes, he lied, but also, how? Yeah, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I like, I know some people are wondering if he was even injured in the first place, but I think that he was, because, like, why else would he have, you know, scratched from Euros? Oh, he's definitely injured. I think the the question is, like, if it's as serious as he keeps insisting it was a full tear and not a partial one, but, like, that doesn't make any sense. Because, like... Know. I mean, obviously this, there is something wrong with him because his floor <laughs> routines were absolutely horrifying to watch. Yeah, so that was unexpected. Not only that he did all six, but also that he came in sixth place, which, I don't know, we're all still confused. But Yeah, I anyway. <laughs> like, remember his floor routine in Qualls? which I was basically just screaming throughout the whole thing because it was horrible. And then afterwards, he just started crying and everyone was like, oh, my God. Like, is this it? And it wasn't. And he was fine. Was was that qualifications or that, was that, that like... That was yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they were ending on pommel horse, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he Turns out he was just overwhelmed with emotions and not in pain apparently so he says yeah. i mean i was also overwhelmed with emotions <laughs> so understandable really <laughs> so the next biggest thing at least in my opinion kohei uchimura came to the olympics to do one event that he's been world champion on and then he fell in qualifications and we all died and like also, just to note, he didn't fall on, like, the Brett Schneider or, like, a big release move. It was on the Stolder Rabalco. He just kind of slipped off. I've never been a fan of that combination, like, ever. And now I, like, want it to go away even more. Just, yeah, <laughs> that, God. It was actually just horrifying because I was watching it. And, of course, once he got through his releases, I was like, okay. Hard like, part over. Yeah. And then he, oh, God. That was, I think, for me, that was, like, the single worst moment of the entire Olympics. Yeah. But good news, he's not retired yet. He's going to the World Championships, and we still have at least one more opportunity to see him do high bar. Yeah, and I mean, he hasn't said that Worlds will be his last competition either. I know a lot of people 
A lot of people were assuming yeah. Tokyo was going to be. And then he said he said um, earlier this year that deciding to specialize has really helped him, at least with his longevity. And, you know, maybe Tokyo won't be the end after all. And it's not. So. Yeah. And because because Wells is in his hometown. Yeah. So that gave him like an extra push to keep going. And he's kind of said that's kind of opened his eyes to maybe continuing like, he hasn't said anything either way. So, don't leave us, Kohei, we need you. <laughs> so, speaking of High Bar, pretty much as expected, Epka Zonderland did not make High Bar finals. He didn't fall, but he was, it was only okay, a little sloppy. It wasn't a bad, like, a really bad score. It was, like, 13.8. Six six or something. Yeah, I think like he got that. the same score as Kohei actually. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't make event finals, and then almost immediately after he announced his retirement, so not really surprising. I thought his routine was like pretty good for for like what he's been saying and where he's been at. Like I thought it was better than he did at Europeans. So yes. it's nice that his last routine was like a solid one even if it wasn't you know his usual top form and then I think the last thing about high bar that I want to mention is that our other podium favorite Teng Hung fell in qualifications and also did not make high bar finals so yeah that was part of like that one rotation in qualifying where it was like Teng Hung fell on high bar Carlos Yulo fell on floor. Yang Haxion fell on vault. Like, this all happened within about three minutes. And it was like, <laughs> oh, my God, what's happening? Disaster. It was horrible. Yeah, so reigning world champion Carlos Yulo did not make four finals. And 2012 Olympic gold medalist Yang Haxion did not make the vault final. So that was very sad, but, you know these things happen sometimes yeah it was really weird because yang haxion he so normally he does his like eponymous uh handspring front triple twist as his first vault and then he does a cas double as his second vault but this time he did a a front handspring two and a half as his first vault and i was like okay so he'll have to do like a Kaz one and a half is the second vault, but no, he went for a Yonakura, which is the two and a half, and he fell on it. And I just don't understand why he did that. Yeah, we haven't seen anything from him, like no statement or anything, so we don't have an explanation. Yeah. I don't know if that was, like, his plan or if he bailed out of the first vault and then, like... I don't know, because he didn't... Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like we said, Carlos Yulo didn't make the floor final. He put his hands down on his laid-out double-double. And also, like, aside from Vault, he just kind of generally had, like, the worst day of all time. So he also didn't make the all-around final, which was sad. Yeah. He did he make did the make Vault the... final. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> While we're on vault, one of the big surprises, at least for me, 
Igor Radivilov did not make the vault final. I forgot which vault he fell on, but even he was shocked. Uh, it was the the soup double pike, the second vault he fell on, which is kind of he's been a lot more consistent lately. But like a couple years ago, it wasn't that unusual for him to like stick a Dragulescu and then fall on the soup double pike. So he's been a lot more consistent lately, though. So that's why it was surprising. And Shekwe Hung, the only person who does, is he the only person? He does um, two 6.0 vaults. He fell as well and did not make the vault final. Yeah. My vault predictions didn't hold up that well. <laughs> My high bar predictions also did not hold up that well. Well, I was correct about the high bar silver, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> so... In the last episode, I mentioned that Marius Giorgio got a 14.9 on Pommel Horse in Doha, I think. And I was hoping he would be able to make a final or two. And I don't know what happened to him on Pommel Horse. I did not see it. But he only got in the tens. And I think that event alone could have been the reason why he didn't make the all-around final either. He was first reserve for high bar. And another person that we expected to make all-around finals, uh, Nestor Abad, he did not have a good day either. I don't think I watched that subdivision. So I think just... Oh, I watched it. He had a very bad day. Yeah, and and Spain in general, or Spain as a team, did not have a good day. Um, They came in last by several points. Yes, one thing I specifically remember from Spain's subdivision was um, Nestor fell on his rings dismount, and then you might have seen the gif of him, like, not high-fiving his teammate and instead just, like, chucking his grips on the floor in rage. Yeah, that's just a kind of a summary of his day. It's like that time Dom Cunningham threw his grips into the river, but like (laughs) more angry. Yeah. (laughs) But who did qualify into the all-around final? Um, Joe Fraser qualified in fifth place, which I thought he would make the all-around final, but not in fifth place. Yeah, I was kind of expecting him in more of a kind of like the second group. Yes. But I was quite impressed with Joe. I feel like he's cleaned up a fair bit since kind of a couple of years ago. Yeah, he did. He did pretty great overall. And I know in the last episode, I predicted that out of the Americans, I thought Brody and Yule were going to make the all-around final. It ended up being Brody and Sam. That was another prediction I got wrong. <laughs> I mean, I've got all of my like podium predictions somewhere. We can go through just how wrong I was. I guess we can get to that once we get to the finals. <laughs> but, um, and I think the only other thing I wanted to mention about qualifications, we've talked about Zhou Jingyuan being really good on rings in addition to, you know, being the parallel bars king and also really good on pommel horse. But he ended up not doing rings and qualifications, and we're not sure why. 
entirely? Because he ended up he ended up doing it in team final anyway. I think he had a I think someone said he had a like a twinge during podium training or something. I mean, obviously he's got this ongoing battle with his shoulders in which they keep trying to like not exist. Well, I mean, you could say that for some of the other guys on his team as well. Yeah, but like that's part of the reason he doesn't do all around most of the time, right? So True. I think I think anytime he doesn't do things it'll I mean, most of his issues come from his shoulders being made of paper. Um, <laughs> so I definitely think it was a shoulder issue. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. Um, we had three new elements submitted. The first one, which we kind of got a hint about, was um, Samir Ait Saeed on rings. His skill is... Like uh, an Azarian to a handstand, basically. Does that make sense? Does that sound right? I can't remember exactly what the description is. Roll backwards slowly with straight arms and body to handstand through swallow. Oh, yeah. So it's like an Azarian to Maltese, but then instead of holding the Maltese, it goes through Maltese and then goes up to handstand. Yeah. And they gave it an E-value. So he got that named in qualifications. Yeah, there was some debate about if it should be an F. I think it should be an F. Yeah. Like, I think the the reason maybe it's not an F is because, like, handstand skills generally don't get rated that high. Because the handstand's not, like, one of the harder, like, holds. But... Also, like, it probably should be an F anyway. I'm on it should be an F side. Yeah. yeah, I just think that's probably the reasoning behind not giving it an F. I don't necessarily agree with it. Oh, I forgot to mention, for individuals, my bronze medal pick for rings, Marco Lodadio, did not make the rings final. Oh, yeah, he was also my bronze medal pick. <laughs> Um, in in the theme of things we predicted wrong, he yeah. um he had a, like a good routine, but he took like three steps on his dismount. And in rings, when things are so tight as it is, that it, like kills you. Yeah, so he ended up the first reserve in ninth. So our second new element is from Ilya Kofton. Um, on parallel bars, he now has a move named after him. That's a front uprise with stutz to stand sideways on one rail. And they gave that an F as well. What do you mean as well? The other one's See? not an F. <laughs> See, I want to call the Aid Saeed an F, but it's not. Yeah. Because the FIG sucks. But the Covton is an F. <laughs> Yeah, can you imagine being 18 at the Olympics and you have a, a move named after you? I'll have you know he was 17 at the Olympics, thank you. Well, that makes it even more crazy. Anyway, the third new submitted element, um, also on parallel bars, was submitted by Brody Malone and Ludovico Adali, which is, um, it's a mount. So it's like, um, 
I'll just read the description. Uh, shoot up to handstand and fall back to support with three quarters turn. That's a terrible description. It is. It's, um. I would have called it like of, shoot up to handstand and then like three quarters Healy out. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what it is. Not like full. <laughs> so I don't think Brody did it in qualifications and Ludovico didn't do it either. I'm not sure if he was planning on doing it in the all around final or if he fell on it, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he just did I think he might have attempted it and fallen. I'm not sure. But anyway, did not get named in qualifications and Adali did not make the all around final. So Brody ended up getting it named in the all around final. And instead of being the Malone Adali, it's just the Malone now. Okay, sorry. Back to teams. <laughs> I'm super, super proud of Germany because they did not die on pommel horse. All of their scores were above 13, and they got it. They qualified to the team final in sixth place. Yeah, literally, I don't think that team could have done, like, any better than they did in qualifying. No, I was shocked. I really did not think they were going to make the final. I remember sending sending the screenshot of all their pommel horse scores to you and being like, Catherine, look at this. Oh my God. Yeah. And then, and then the, the German Federation posted on Facebook after they qualified to the team final, they're like, who would have thought that we could do this? I'm like, not me. Yeah. No, I remember in my team preview, I was like, okay, so like, well, they, they These barely teams are probably going to make the final to the whole Olympics. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, like the top five teams are going to make the final. And then like, here's like three teams that are probably not going to make the final. And then like the other spots are up for grabs. And I had Germany as like, they're not going to make the final. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I just remember, well, Germany in general is not very strong on pommel horse, but even there, um, they had a series of like three Olympic trials and like none of those results were very encouraging. <laughs> I just, I remember looking at one, one of the trials in particular and just being like, mm, I see Germany still has a problem on pommel horse. Oh, Germany. Classic then, Germany. Yeah, Germany with the fake out. One team that we kind of expected them to make the final, well, I guess it would have been one of those up-for-grabs spots, um, was Brazil. I know Arthur Nori didn't have the best qualifications. Did he fall on high bar? I think he didn't no. fall. He just had, he like, did... a subpar routine. He got a, where is it, 14.133. Yeah. So still, like, you know, if you hit 14 on high bar, that's that's a good score. But um, he did really poorly on floor. That's he got a 12.8 on floor, which includes a 0.4 neutral deduction. I think I can't remember if it was him or if it was someone else, but I think he fell on like a 
double twisting Yachenko. What was his vault score? Well, it wasn't it wasn't Arthur Nori because he got a thirteen point five, which seems low, but his execution was eight point seven. So I don't think it was him. Oh, maybe he didn't fall, but like eight point seven on on a on a vault is still like especially a Yachenko double. That's not that's not a good score. No, no, it's not. I'm pretty sure he's the one I'm thinking of. Maybe he didn't like fall fall, but I don't think it was anyone else in the team competition. Yeah, so so Brazil ended up missing out on team final by like a little over two tenths. But who made the all around final? Diogo Soares. He was the very last qualifier, but <laughs> but he made the all around final. Yeah. Diogo and um Ilya Kovtun snuck in as the last two qualifiers. So it was a good day for the youths. The youths. <laughs> the youths. <laughs> Come on, I'm trying to make a My Cousin Vinny joke. I have no idea what that is. <gasps> You've never seen that movie with Joe Pesci? No. You have to watch it. It's one of my favorite movies. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, where was I? Kind of as predicted, Ukraine does not really like qualifications that much, but they ended up making the team final in eighth place. So, Yeah, they were one of my, like, borderline teams. Um, I think the only other team that made it to the team final that we haven't mentioned yet is Switzerland. Yeah, which is awesome because all the same guys were on the Rio team where they finished ninth. Um, so didn't make the team final. So it was very nice that they made it this time. And then the top five were, as expected, Japan, China, Russian Olympic Committee, the U.S., and GB. So the top three were actually very close. They were within, like, about three-tenths of each other. We knew that the team final was going to be pretty interesting. I guess we're going to talk about the team final now. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to, like, cut you off if you had anything else to say. No. Yeah, so the team final ended up being really exciting because, like, for the last three years, it's been, like, threatening to be, like, a three-way battle for gold between Russia, China, and Japan, but it ended up really only being two-way between Russia and China because Japan's had a lot of mistakes and stuff. Uh, but this time it ended up being, like, a proper, legit, three-way like anything can happen oh my god who's gonna win what's going on ah (laughs) that's how I feel about the team final (laughs) yeah and it it kind of did come down to the last routine because they only ended up the top two only ended up finishing like just over a tenth apart yeah it was 0.103 Yep. Which is like, that's nothing, man. That's that's a step. Like 18 routines and it comes down to 0.103. Crazy. And then China were only a, another about 0.5 back from Japan. 
right? Yeah. China, I think, had kind of the, like, roughest day overall in terms of, like, not performing to the standard they're capable of. Right. So Lin Chopin counted a full on floor, and then their, their parallel bars rotation was also a bit wonky. But pretty much the rest was, was good, so... I don't know. And there was the weird, like, So Jingwan 0.3 penalty on P bars. Yeah, but, I don't I don't think we've entirely cleared everything up on what the reason for that was. There's two theories going around. One that he forgot to salute, and another that it was like a time deduction, like he took too long to start. Yeah. The story I've heard. Um, I mean, I don't know which of those things it is, but basically is that he was having like muscle spasms in his shoulders right before his routine. So either of those things, I mean, if he was if his muscles were spasming, you can kind of understand if he, you know, took a bit of extra time or, you know, forgot to salute, I guess. (laughs) The video looks like he salutes, though, so I think it's the time but again we don't have any confirmation on this so yeah and like even aside from the penalty it wasn't one of his better routines he got a 15 on rings though yes he did get a 15 on rings which is insane because as we said before he didn't do rings in qualifying so before the starlist came out i was like oh will they put him up will they not and then they did and then he got a 15, which would have qualified to the final. Mm-hmm. It's like, just suging one things. <laughs> so, we also... And none of to... the top three fell on Pommel Horse. Do you mean the teams? Or... Yeah, like, none of, the, none of the top three team members fell on Pommel Horse. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I don't think any of the top five teams did. I don't think so. When does that ever happen? I don't know. Probably happened like last year. (laughs) (laughs) You're asking the wrong person. Yeah, I don't know. It was more of a rhetorical question, you know. (laughs) So we also need to talk about Artur doing all six events in the team final. Honestly, what is wrong with that man? And, And he participated in the all-around final as well he didn't withdraw from that so he did three all-around programs in the span of like a week less yeah on not 100 percent achilles apparently like in one of the interviews like the russian olympic team doctor like not the gymnastics team doctor like the roc like olympic team doctor checked him out and was like Dude, you should not be doing this. <laughs> like, I don't I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was basically they were like, how is his Achilles? And he was like, well, it's an Achilles. <laughs> like, <laughs> and Arthur, Arthur was like, I don't care about future consequences. I want to do this. Honestly, I don't. That guy is not going to be able to walk by the time he's 30. And and he's going to the their world championships camp so i love how the guys like who aren't horrifically injured were like mm, don't know like 
might have a rest for my health or like David who's like absolutely not and then the guy with one leg is like yeah sign me up for world I'm in stop it stop it go away (laughs) just to be clear I don't actually want him to go away I'm just I'm concerned (laughs) do you have any other comments on team final um, I was going to say no one like fell last minute on high bar and cried this time. So that was nice. <laughs> we we had some other falls. Sam McCulloch fell on floor, but they were just kind of like, eh, that's OK. Which um, I know that attitude is kind of a departure of what they've had in the past. So good for them. And Germany, all three of the guys fell on floor, which... You know what? I was like, I don't even care at this point. They did so well in qualifications that, like... Yeah, Germany okay. was just like, <laughs> Lucas hits P-Ball's routine. Nothing else really matters. They're just vibing. Yep. <laughs> all right. All-around finals. Was this... Was Pablo in the all-around final, or was the team final? No. No. The team, the team... So, I figured out... I think it was after qualifications, I saw I saw an announcement from the Swiss Federation that they, like, mentioned offhand that Pablo was retiring after Tokyo, and then he didn't make... he. I think he fell on vault, Pablo. So he didn't make all-around finals. Um, oh, all it, was around, t- it was two per country, right? Yeah, he was, he was two per country. So, um... Switzerland in the all-around final, they had Benjamin Guichard and Christian Baumann. Renowned all-arounder Benjamin Guichard. I know. Anyway, um, <laughs> he's he's mostly known as like a floor and vault guy. But yeah, I think usually at major competitions, he doesn't even do all-around. No, he doesn't. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, Eddie Yusuf made the all-around final, not Baumann. I did not even realize you'd said that. Yeah, they were, well, well, Eddie, Christian, and Pablo were all kind of close on on the standings. So, like, Eddie was thirty first, Christian was thirty third, and then Pablo was thirty fifth. So, <laughs> got 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 them a little mixed up there. Yeah. So it was it was Guichard and Yusuf in the all around final. So after qualifications, when I saw that that announcement, I was like, oh no. Team final is the last time we're going to see Pablo. But he hit his high buff routine, so that was nice. Yeah. So um, Pablo has retired. Yeah, so all-around final. Our new Olympic champion is Daiki, who happens to be the youngest all-around champion ever. He was 19 at the time. He just turned 20 a couple days ago. Yeah, and I was going to be like, who saw that coming? But I don't know. It was not not that surprising, no. I guess. I think what I thought interesting is that our top three, um, Daiki, Xiaorutong, and Nikita, all cracked 88 when, like, at least internationally previously, that was only, like, Nikita territory. Yeah. So, like, like, we, we talked about... You know, some people hitting 88 domestically and we're like, well, 
let's see if that holds up internationally because like a lot of the times it doesn't either you know whether they have a bad day or just you know international scoring is a little tighter but yeah yeah because there he went like 88.5 at nationals and everyone was like oh my god and I was like well it's domestic scoring so like even though Japanese domestic scoring is pretty good like I don't know if he'll do that internationally like mm, we'll see and then he got almost the same thing he he won with the 88.465 yeah and he actually went 88.5 in in qualifying he was 10th higher and like the crazy thing is he can go higher like he didn't get his full difficulty on rings credited and he also he didn't do the yonakura on vault so like damn I think more than the surprise of Daiki doing so well was that Nikita didn't do that well. I think that was the more surprising part. He just looked partially injured and also just like really tired. Yeah, he was a bit off, especially like for the first, especially floor. Also, Pommel Horse was a bit rough. He kind of picked it up after that. I mean, he didn't, he also said he wasn't happy with his high bar performance. And I know like... He wasn't very happy with the result. People were like, oh, like, why is he, like, mad about getting bronze? And it wasn't, like, the fact that he won bronze. It was just the fact that he didn't perform his best. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of um, Michaela Maroney. Like, she wasn't upset about silver, just, you know, upset that she fell. Yeah, I mean... This is the guy who was, like, the heavy, heavy favorite coming into this Olympics. You know, at Euros, he was like, I'm upset. What if I don't break 88? Which Well, he did break 88. <laughs> he did break 88, but he was, yeah. I understand why he was not so happy. <laughs> and then, oh, we had another .3 penalty for Sharotong on a high bar. I forgot about that. Yeah. Everyone's pretty sure that one was for not saluting after his routine because he was, like, too busy celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> he stuck his dismount. Um, and it, it would have made a difference because Daiki won by uh, around point four. Yeah. Exactly. So it didn't actually matter, but it it was... <laughs> yeah. I don't think... No Just one on the me. Chinese team is ever going to forget to salute again, I think, <laughs> after the Olympics. <laughs> nope. Also want to mention Sun Wei, who came in fourth. He was only, like, less than four tenths behind Nikita. Yeah, and it looked like, until kind of P-bars, it was like... Is that less than three tenths? I can't count. Yeah, I mean, it was like, literally came down to the last routine for everything. It was so close. And the whole way around, those four were, like, battling it out. And it's just really sad that one of them had to not medal. Especially because, like, the score that Sunway got would have medaled, like, any other year. So I'm hoping he will one day get that all-around medal. He's kind of becoming the new David. Um, <laughs> He's been such a rock this Olympic cycle. Yeah, which is crazy because he used to be a giant flop. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, his defining thing was, like, oh, his gymnastics is so beautiful, but he is such a disaster. Um, and he only fell on one routine all Olympics and then I also want to mention in fifth place was um, Kitazono Takeru which is very impressive because he has like 0.5 elbows Um, (laughs) that's true 
and he did he his rings difficulty was only a 4.5 and that's not his normal difficulty that's downgraded because of his elbow injuries so he was down on the kind of not even just like the top four like most of the top i don't know several he was down on a lot of guys by like a significant amount like a couple points behind the top guys in difficulty and he ended up in fifth so very impressive from him i think he had like a in quals anyway 34.2 that's that's below the japanese standard of 35 yeah and then arthur dalaloyan ended up in sixth again somehow somehow he lived hit 18 routines like what even is there to say at this point <laughs> and then in Here. seventh someone i was not really expecting to make the top eight but in seventh was tang chai hung of <gasps> taiwan bit bittersweet because he got a 14.766 on high bar that yeah bittersweet is cried. accurate me too but he's also like i don't remember what his difficulty is but it's definitely not high like i think lower than Takeru's even well um, he has two of two of his events are below five in difficulty yeah but i mean taiwan is known for clean Execution, gymnastics yeah. yeah so was absolutely thrilled to see him there and i was also absolutely thrilled for james hall in eighth and james had like he did so well and we I remember we were watching his floor routine he was last up on floor was his last event and um he was like nailing the landings we were like cheering for every pass <laughs> and when his score came out we were like yeah and then when it came out that he was eight we were like screaming <laughs> yeah so very very happy for him i know his goal was to be top 10 so eighth is is awesome also want to shout out to Ilya Kovtun, who again at was 17. He's 20 uh, now. It was his birthday the other day. Not 20, really? 18. He's 18. I don't know why that's 20. <laughs> You're mixing him up with Daiki. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Yeah, so, so shout out to Ilya Kovtun, who was 17 at the time and has since turned 18. He came in 11th. Yeah, like. 11th and an Olympics that you weren't even supposed to be allowed to go to is very impressive. And also, I just wanted to draw the parallel that Oleg Vinayev placed 11th in London um, when he was, I think, 19, 18 or 19. So he's on Watch track. Out, Paris. He's on track. <laughs> <laughs> now, if he doesn't come second in Paris, I'll be very disappointed. No, I'm kidding. Um <laughs> I think the only other thing I want to mention about all-around final, um, Amet Onder did qualify. He ended up withdrawing after rings, which was, sorry, after after vault, which was his third event due to a shoulder injury. The Turkish guys really don't have a good track record with, like, finishing finals. All-around finals? No. Yeah. But Ademisil did finish the all-around final, so shout out to him. <laughs> is that the first time he's finished an all-around final well no euros that's how he got here yeah, but he didn't finish the final oh sorry that was qualifications um <laughs> yeah well he hasn't 
really done all around. That's true. I mean, the other years it was team final, wasn't it? Yeah. Event finals? Yes. So, <laughs> floor, we'll get that out the way first because I have to be honest here, it's one of the worst event finals I've ever seen in my life. I wrote here, not the cleanest of finals, and I see you've added, let's be honest, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so two people fell on their non-acro skills. So Yul Moldauer made the floor final, which also shout out to him because I wasn't considering him one of the front runners. I thought his difficulty would maybe not be high enough to make the final in this field. Well, that's, that's kind of what happened when he got his Worlds medal. Like, his difficulty isn't exactly up there with a lot of, like, the top, top guys. But, like, he could sneak in there with good execution and, like, if some other people make mistakes. Yeah, which is what happened here. He, yeah. um, in quals, didn't he, like, stick all of his passes? Except um, for one, I think. Yeah. Okay, and he got an execution score of, like, 9066 yeah, so anyway, shout out to him for making the final. But in the final, he, like, I don't know, got stuck in his flares and just kind of, like, slowly lowered to the ground. And I'm pretty sure he, well, he didn't get credit for the for the skill. And then I think they also probably took off, if not a fall, then, like, a significant deduction. Yeah, I don't know if it was a fall because his execution was still 8.133. Mm, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. They, only, they only gave him a 5.4 difficulty. Yeah. And I mean, that skill is, is a D, so he just didn't get credit for it. And then also the other person who had trouble was Kim Hansol of Korea. And he, he was doing his triple Russians and he just kind of like brushed his feet on the ground and he just kind of slowly circled around to his butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember watching them being like, what what just happened? I was rooting for him so hard because I feel like he makes a lot of floor finals and then makes mistakes in the finals. So I was like, come on, let's go. And then he was doing his Russians and I was like, no, no. <laughs> oh, it was, it was sad. But also I noticed these errors both happened in the same corner of the floor. So I don't know, maybe it was cursed. And also then, like, basically everyone was just kind of hopping everywhere and going out of bounds. And, yeah, it wasn't a good time. So the floor final ended up with a tie, technically, between um, Artem Dolgopia and Raider Lee Zapata. And they broke the tie and Dolgopia won the tie break, which I think this exposed how we have some issues with the tiebreak procedure or the, the current procedure because they had the same execution so they had to go to the next step which was then who has the higher difficulty and Dolgopiat had the higher difficulty they ended up with the same score because Dolgopiat had um, a neutral deduction he went out of bounds and it just doesn't seem right that someone who has a neutral deduction can win the tiebreak. Yeah. And like, that's not even going into the fact that like, they probably shouldn't have been tied in the first place. You went there, not me. I, 
<laughs> I I mean, I don't want to get too into it because, you know, scoring discourse or whatever. But I was very, very surprised that Dolgopiat got that score with the routine that he did. I think that I think I don't think that's controversial. I think that's kind of a general consensus among people who watched the final was that Zapata yeah. should have won. I mean Zapata was still super happy with silver. But. Yeah, I'm yeah. The thing is that Zapata like nailed most of his landings, but he's messier in the air. Whereas Dolgopia is like cleaner in the air, but his landings were kind of a little sketchy. So I, it, I, I can see how they got similar scores. I just, for me, Zapata should have been ahead. I agree. And then the bronze went to Jarutan. Yeah, and like, I have to be honest with you. If you had told me, like, in 2018, that Jarutan was going to be a World Olympic floor medalist by the end of the quad, I would not have believed you. <laughs> I just wouldn't have. But in this final, he, I would say he had the cleanest routine. Of everyone. Um, well, he did, and the execution scores reflect that. So, yeah, he like nailed nearly every landing. I think maybe had like one or two small hops. So yeah, well deserved medal. Yeah. Also, uh, do want to mention Ryu Sunghyun. He had the most difficult routine in the in the final with a seven point zero. Yeah, that was crazy. He does a three and a half twist as a side pass. He's nuts. Yeah. He was actually my pick for bronze. Like, before the Olympics, I picked uh, Yulo and Dolgopia to go 1-2. And then Ryu was my pick for bronze. And he ended up fourth, so I guess I wasn't that far off. Yeah, but his total score was, like, five-tenths behind bronze. So Yeah, well... He had, he had a .3 neutral deduction. Yeah, he's another youth, so... <laughs> a ute <laughs> he's got time oh and I also worth mentioning that Nikita did his triple pike and then and like, did, like ran a away awkward, awkward duck walk out of the corner <laughs> of the floor upon landing said triple pike uh, but he did go for it and he also had to improvise his second routine of the Olympics <laughs> we didn't mention that, that did was- we no, that was team final, right? Yeah. So in the team final, the last routine of the team final, like literally the last routine of the entire final, was Nikita on floor. And he had a bad rebound. So his it was his third pass in this routine. It's his fourth pass when he does the triple pike, but it was his third pass in this one. It is supposed to be two and a half, punch, front, full, punch, front, one and a half. But he got a bad rebound and he did two and a half punch, front half punch, back double twist. And then his fifth pass, his side pass, is supposed to be a, a double twist. But he'd already done his double twist. So what did he do? He did a triple twist as a side pass. He hasn't competed a triple twist since 2018. I, I like the fact that he was able to, I don't know. Like, I feel like most people, if they're in that situation, they would change it to, like, a one and a half or a full. They wouldn't yeah. add another twist. But I Just guess... Just Nikita things. Yeah, and also that was the Olympic 
team gold medal on the line. So, yeah. It worked. So it did work. <laughs> it worked very well. And then in the floor final, he did, what did he do? I think he did, like, did he do the same thing? No. No. What did, oh, no, he did two and a half punch, half, and then he didn't get the rebound into the the third thing. So if he hadn't, so he could still do the double twist, but then he would only have nine skills. So he, so he did as a side pass, one and a half punch, one and a half. So like back one and a half punch, front one and a half. So I don't think he lost any difficulty <laughs> from that um, <laughs> somehow. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I would love to know what goes through his head when these things happen. Like, what's he actually thinking when he does this? It's so fast. It's crazy that he could just think how to change that immediately. Yeah, especially because I think in the floor final routine, like the side pass was the pass immediately after it is, the it one is. that he messed up. Yeah. Uh, whereas in the team final routine, he had another pass in between. He's got a lot of different floor routines, guys. Um, <laughs> so, like, in the team final one, he did that. And then he did another pass before the side pass that he improvised. But in the floor final, it was that pass and then immediately the side pass that he improvised. I want to study his brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's not creepy at all. <laughs> that sounds really creepy. <laughs> oh, never mind. All right. Um, the only other person in this final that we haven't mentioned yet is Milad Karimi. He ended up in fifth. I don't remember anything super bad about that routine, but it wasn't great either. Yeah, I think it was similar to um, Ryu's routine, just quite bouncy, out of bounds. Yeah. Pommel horse? Um, yes, pommel horse. Um, I have some questions. About? You know. The scores? <laughs> yes. For this I... one, my opinion is that they could have given it to Lee Chi Kai, but I at no point thought they were going to, unlike 2019, where I was like, how can they not? I think... So I'm not, like, crazy mad about it, but... I think I was just really surprised that... Max got a 15.583 because he was scoring in the 14.9s in qualifications and in the team final. So I'm just like, how different was this routine really compared to the other two? Like, yeah. was it really six tenths better? Yeah, it was definitely much better. But like six tenths is quite a lot between hit routines. He did have the highest difficulty at a 7.0, so that helped a lot. Yeah. I mean, I did tweet this um, on my personal account, but basically my perspective is pretty much anyone can watch those two routines and be like, Lichi Kai's was better. And you can get into like, well, technically, like, this is like not that big of a deduction. This is blah, blah, blah. Like, technically, yes, Max deserved to win. But in my opinion, if you're looking at those two routines and you can see which one is better, maybe the code is prioritizing the wrong things. If you have to get into, like, well, technically, like, I don't know. 
Well, anyway, Max retained his Olympic title, which is super impressive. Congratulations to him. When was the last time a male gymnast repeated a title? On pommel horse? On anything. Kohei. Well, not all around. <laughs> I meant like on a single event. Um, that's a good question. But, and and not even the fact that... I don't know okay. if he was the last one, but Zukai on floor, 08 and 2012. Okay, so not as long ago as I thought. <laughs> Facts straight from the brain. <laughs> um, yeah, but not even that he just retained his title on one of the most unpredictable events. He also medaled three Olympics in a row. Yeah, I mean, his consistency is insane. He was literally a tiebreak away from winning Pommel Horse at every Worlds and Olympics this quad. Crazy. Yeah, I think he really, because obviously we've seen, like this year and also a couple years ago, he had some problems at Europeans and didn't medal. But I think he really, like, levels it up when it comes to, like, Worlds and Olympics. Yeah. Uh, so it's very, very impressive. And then bronze went to Kaya Kazuma. But yeah. A Sorry. bit behind Max and Lichi Kai, but still bronze. Yeah. And basically he like went out, he did his high difficulty routine. So a 6.6, which by the way, I think is such a greatly constructed routine. Cause like his execution is not great. And he knows his execution is not great. So his routine is like skills that like don't show off his form errors as badly. So he did his 6.6 routine. He got a 14.9, which like. It's I a mean, good score, just not always guaranteed a medal. Yeah, it's kind of, it would be the kind of score where you're like, maybe, maybe not. But I think the great thing about Kazuma is he is just, he's so solid. So like hitting in a final where like the other medal favorites like make mistakes and then he ends up with a bronze it's just so like typical like really kind of epitomizes like the greatness of Kazuma in my opinion yeah so I know both of us had also predicted Reese McLennigan would be the other medalist but um he ended up falling and it was very sad yeah, and this was also the final where Sunway had his one fall of the Olympics. Um, Alec Yoder, he didn't fall, or he didn't fall off of the apparatus, but he did his handstand on the one pommel and then put his hand down, so that that was a major error, and I think he probably could have meddled otherwise. At least yeah. if he did the did same he, routine, he did in qualification. Do you remember if he, like, stepped his hand back up or not? He did. So that's a... So if you step down and step back up, that's a point three. But, like, it would have been close. Because he got a 15.2 in qualifications. Yeah. Kind of similar to um, Kamiyama Kohei, who got a 15.266 in qualifying. And he just kind of had, like, a routine with, like, a couple of moments 
Yeah, there um, were a couple of form breaks. He didn't come off either, but... Yeah, so him and Alec kind of in the same boat there. And then um, David Belyavsky came pretty close to Kazuma, um, less than a tenth behind. So he was fourth. Yep, another fourth place to add to his fourth place collection. <laughs> Poor guy. Was this the first time that Lee Chikai did the 6.7 internationally? I don't have my other years open. This year, he that was the first time. Yeah, I don't think he's wow. done it before. But um, I think, I'm not entirely certain, but I think the thing that he adds to bring the difficulty up is a, I can't remember which number, it's one of the Kaika skills. I mean, he does other Kaika skills, but this one is a flared Stockley. Which is just an objectively ridiculous thing to do. So. I wish more people did Keika skills. Yeah. I just, I know there's the whole, like, oh, his whole routine is in flares. Like, lack of variety thing. But actually, even within the flared skills, he does a variety of different skills. So. I have him as doing a 6.5 before, so. So, yeah, I just I love his routine. I think it's ridiculous. And I also think the main thing that cost him gold was a hesitation on his scissor up to handstand. So sad. Either way, it's Taiwan's first Olympic gymnastics medal. It's a huge deal for them. Yes. Yeah. I mean, amazing achievement, obviously. And And he's getting a lot of money for it, too. I don't know if you saw that article, but it's. Yeah, the equivalent of like 250,000 US dollars. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. What was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah. I mean, we were talking about Max's consistency. Lee Chi Kai obviously has not been around as long, but he has meddled. So he meddled at 2018 Worlds, 2019 Worlds, and now this Olympics. So he's doing he's doing pretty good. That's pretty crazy, isn't it? That like three years in a row had two of the same medalists. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So rings. I know we both were really looking forward to this event final. Oh, my God. Uh, I was so excited and it absolutely delivered. Yes. Yeah, Best so I rings think, final ever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we mentioned Marco Lodadio wasn't in this final, but otherwise... Um, you know, pretty much everyone else we expected made it. We had been hyping up like for months leading into this. Well, I guess not really months because Petronius didn't qualify until like a month before. But well, we were still anticipating it. We were hypothetically hyping up um, <laughs> this showdown between Liu Yang and Eleftheris Petronius for the rings title. And like... We got that, but we also got the added twist of, like, you how ducking in there. I think he was... He qualified in eighth. Yeah, he qualified in eighth. So he has the highest difficulty routine in the world. He has a 6.6. Which is um, Insane. And in qualifying, he had, like, a giant step on his dismount. Like, I thought he was going to fall, but he didn't. Um, so that's why he qualified so low with like a, a 14.8. So only 8.2 in execution if you did his full difficulty in qualifying. I can't remember. Yeah. And then 
But once he made the final, I was like, okay, like he probably will be one of the, the main metal threats if he can control his dismount. And then he stuck his dismount. And I think he was the first up of those three. And his score came up and yep. it was 15.3. And it kind of, they showed Petronius and you could just kind of see in his face, he was like, oh, oh God, <laughs> there's two of them now. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a really good routine. I kind of give you how a little bit of crap for kind of being reliant on difficulty, but it was, it was a really good routine. Right. So you have ended up with the silver and then Liu Yang won and Petrunius came in third, which maybe was not exactly the order we were expecting. Yeah. But that's what so, makes it so exciting. So Petrunius had a really nice routine, really, really nice routine. But he's, his dismount was a little bit low and then he had a, a pretty big hop. It's always the dismount for him. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of before he started winning. That was always kind of his main issue as well. It's not a great dismount. I think that's what cost him silver, but I I think kind of even if he'd stuck the dismount, I'm not sure he could have won because Liu Yang yeah. did like I agree. In my opinion, like well, in my personal taste, like my favorite <laughs> rings routine like I have ever seen. It was just like it's very more like it was everything I wanted from him in that rings final. It was amazing. I also want to mention that he was going to do his neck crack that he, the same one that he did in Montreal, but he was going to do it on purpose this time. And then like, it ended up being this like really slow neck roll. And he claims that he didn't do like the full neck crack because he had, wait for it, a cramp in his thumb. (laughs) I don't know what a cramp in your thumb has to do with, you know, cracking your neck, but <laughs> yeah. Still so iconic. he scored a fifteen point five. So his difficulty is six point five, and he got a nine in execution. So wow. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think, and I saw some people because a lot of times, like what you hear from kind of non like hardcore men's gymnastics fans about rings is they think it's really boring but Petrunius is the one that they like like to watch the most on rings he's kind of the only one that gets them interested mm-hmm. but I was seeing people saying like even though I don't know anything about rings I can see like Yu Yang's routine was just objectively ridiculous like holy crap yeah. so that's how good it was guys it made non-gymnastics non- <laughs> rings fans enjoy it yes so those three were ahead of the pack by a couple tenths and then fourth was samir ait saeed fifth was ibrahim chalak sixth was dennis abiazin seventh was adam asil and then arthur zanetti in eighth zanetti did go for the triple back dismount and crashed it which i mean with the top three, I don't think we were expecting him to medal, but like props to him for going for it. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of a like he's already won everything. That's true. Um, on rings, and he probably knew that he had to like bring out all the stops to have a chance at winning here. 
it's really funny because I remember you showed me the training video and it looked pretty good. I was like, normally I hate this dismount, but like, this looks pretty good. I think he can do it. And then he didn't. He did do it, just to his face. Well, (laughs) that's what I meant. Yeah, so I I can understand why he went for it. Wasn't his difficulty with the triple back like a 6.5? Yeah. Yeah. But it was exciting. I mean, who doesn't love a triple back? All right. On to vault. There was another tiebreak for gold, but I think we kind of agree with this one, would you say? Yeah. So um, for anyone who doesn't know, vault tiebreaks are different than other event tiebreaks. So for the other events, it's by highest execution. But for vault, it's by highest single vault score. So obviously they do two vaults. And then it's whoever has the one highest wins the tiebreak. So this is also how Kenzo got the bronze medal in Rio. So the tie was between Shin Jae-hwan of Korea and Denis Abliazin of Russia. And it was it was a close tiebreak as well. I think it was only like less than a tenth his highest vault score. It was, yeah, 0.033. Yeah, so it was close, but like there was like a lot of confusion from the Russian camp because in like all they the media didn't. afterwards they were like, why is like how didn't he win the tiebreak? This tiebreak is different than all the other tiebreaks. And it's like well yeah, but it's been the same tiebreak for Volt for a long time, so I don't know how they don't know that. It doesn't seem like anybody really understood that. Yeah, which is strange because it's come into play in previous major vault finals and then also kind of the controversy was about Shin Jae-hwan's first vault which was the Yonakura and it was like kind of it was borderline it was like on the quarter so like instead of being three and a half twists it was like 3.25 but the rules in the code are that if it is in within 90 degrees it gets credit with deduction so it got credited and i know i saw some people saying it should have got credited but i think it was close enough that they could have gone either way i mean also the rules are supposed to be in the benefit of the doubt of the gymnast like that's in the code like if there's i don't know but so i was fine with it because he also got slammed on the execution score that's true and, and he, got the, he got the neutral deduction as well for stepping out of bounds. Yeah, because to, to hit a vault with, like, one hop and still get an execution score under nine is quite rare. So I think they did appropriately hit him with the under-rotation deductions. So I was I was okay with the result. I mean, it's not like Dennis's vaults were outstanding. They were just, like, solid vaults. In third was Artur Davtian of Armenia. So this was Armenia's first artistic gymnastics medal, I think. I can't remember. Olympic, yeah. They've had world medal. That's that's what I meant. I meant Olympic. One. Yeah. I just want to mention his Dragulescu from qualifying, which was like the best vault I've ever seen in my life. That might be a slight exaggeration, but it was like... No. I think the only thing I can think of that would rival it is, like, something of Yang Haxion's. It's, like, the only non-cowboy Dragulescu. Yeah, I mean, I love his Dragulescu. I think it's my favorite Dragulescu being done 
right now, possibly ever. It's so beautiful. Unfortunately, he had like a step out of bounds. I think it was on his his first vault, which is the Kaz. No, it was, it was the second one. But yeah, so, I mean, he said himself, he was like, yeah, I know if I'd have like stuck to Dragolescu like I did in qualifying, I could have won. But obviously, you know, bronze is still awesome. It was quite a close final. Like, I feel like the top, what was it, like the top five were all within a tenth of each other. Yeah. Um, well, like we said, there was a tie for gold. Shin and Abliazin had a 14.783 average. And then through fifth, well, there was a tie um, between Carlos Yolo and Nikita Nagorni for, fi- for fourth and fifth. They had a 14.716. Also, like, we need to talk about Adama Seal's first vault. My favorite, Brisa going to. We raved about it before, but, like, I think this was his best one yet. Yeah, I think so. It was the highest scoring vault of the entire Olympics. 15.266. Yeah, there's, like, no doubt whatsoever that his legs are straight the entire time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really good. <laughs> like, anyway, like I mentioned, so- he has problems with the Souk Double Pike, which is the second vault, and he fell on that. Which was that was so upsetting. Yeah, especially because even with the fall, he was so close. Mm-hmm. He was only like a couple tenths away from a medal with a fall. Well, yeah, he had a fourteen point four four nine average. Yeah, and it's like he didn't even need it. Didn't even need to be good. It just needed to not be what it was, which was a fall. <laughs> it didn't even need to be good. <laughs> oh, I'm sad again. Whatever. He's still young. He has time. Yes, he's gonna he's gonna figure out the soup double pike, and he's gonna he's gonna win every. Mm-hmm. So Amat Onder made this final, which I wasn't entirely expecting. So two Turkish guys in this final, which is great. But then his vaults didn't exactly go to plan. Yeah. Um, so in qualifying, he did a five point six and a five point two which I'm assuming was a Dragulescu for the 5.6, which he did not do in the final. No, he just... I can't even remember what he did, but it was weird. He did a double front. But, like, everyone was saying, like, it wasn't a Roche, it was, like, a Nova because it looked like all of the <laughs> double fronts in, in women's gymnastics. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that was the number that he had on the... On the board, either. So yeah, he put, he put the 5.6 up. I think the same thing happened to Kyle Souser as well. He put up he put up 5.6 for Dragalesco and, and only did a double front. Yeah, because Kyle usually does two 5.6 vaults, and he only did a 5.6 and a 5.2. Yeah, it was a weird final. But Carlos Yulo hit both his vaults. Yay! Was, again, very close to a medal, but not quite. Also, the other thing to mention is that, like, with this medal, that means Dennis Abliazin has gotten vault silver at three consecutive Olympics. That's insane. Like, it's insane, but then also the other insane thing about it is he has never won a world vault medal. (laughs) So, like, he just pops up every four, well, not every four, because obviously this one was five years apart, but pops up every Olympics, like, vault silver, vault silver, vault silver, (laughs) but in the years between, he does nothing. He's made some finals, but yeah. How? I don't know. Weird. 
Yeah, that's that's just as impressive as Max. It's just one of those crazy statistics, isn't it? Like, yeah. how is that even possible to do? And mm-hmm. also, the other thing is that at each vault silver that he's won has, like, not had the same vaults. Wait, seriously? Yeah, because in 2012 he had uh, Li Xiaopeng and Soup Double Pike. 2016 was Rise Guang and Li Xiaopeng. And then this one was um, Handspring Two and a Half and Soup Double Pike. That's kind of cool that he can do so many different vaults, though. Yeah, I mean, he ha- obviously. He well, we haven't seen break. him do it. Yeah, we haven't seen him do any Yurchenko vaults in a long time. Yeah, I think you know since he broke broke both his legs, he hasn't. I mean, he just got his vaults back like earlier this year. He wasn't even vaulting at Russian Nationals. Crazy. On to parallel bars. This was my favorite final. Yes. Favorite event final of the whole competition. Yes. Do you want to talk about So Jingwan or should I? <laughs> I'll I'll let you take this one. You can have Lucas. <laughs> so obviously So Jingwan was the massive favorite going into this final. But obviously also his hit rate in recent times has not been good. Like there's no sugarcoating it. I think he's missed or like at least scored considerably lower than you would expect on probably about 50% of his routines yeah. since like two years ago, including the team final. So I was very nervous. <laughs> I don't know yeah. about him. I was very nervous. But he did, he had a couple of hand shuffles, like tiny, like 0.1 hand shuffles. But other than that, it was just like the closest thing to perfection that you can get in gymnastics, really, is Zujingwan doing parallel bars. Like, And then he proceeded to say, I don't know why I got the gold medal. I made mistakes. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> I don't think I did very well. I don't know how I won. Like, oh, my God, he's another one. I'm like, what is actually going on in his head? Does he actually believe that? Because, <laughs> like, what? Like, he had the best execution by over three-tenths. He had a 9.333. Yeah, and that was with a couple of hand shuffles. Like, yeah, I don't know. It was just like, oh, it was a perfect moment. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, as soon as he landed his dismount, it was like, he's it's over. Champion. It's, it's over. over. He was like the second gymnast <laughs> up and it was like, okay, we're done. Here. <laughs> Everyone else playing catch up. Yeah. Yeah, but the first gymnast up was Farad Arachan. And... He did one of his better routines, got a 15.633, maybe not his best routine, because I remember thinking that, like, I don't think this was as good as his routine in Doha, but it scored similarly. Yeah, he had a, he didn't have anything big, it was just, like, a considerable amount of little things, like a little armband, like a little shuffle little adjustment like his feet anyway my personal favorite lucas dowser who was up last in the final by the way god it was the most nerve-wracking thing he knocked it out of the park it actually wasn't his highest scoring routine 
routine of the Olympics. He got a 15.733 in qualifications, but um, he got a 15.7 here, which earned him the silver. And I was very, very happy. Yeah. He got a 9.0 in execution, so, like, the next highest after Zojingon. Yeah, undeservedly so, because he's, like, he was so smooth. I mean, we've talked about this before, but his Makut skills are just, like... The best. The best in no, the world. No, but, yeah, nobody, at least nobody currently competing does it that well. Not even Zojingon. Yeah, like, I think Zojingon's Makut skills are, like, the main thing, aside from, like... He's gotten better, but he's they're, not, better. they're not as good as Lucas's. Yeah, he he pauses in the middle. Like, only a quick pause, but I think it's still enough. I think that's where most of his deductions come from. Most being, like, 0. 0.2. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like that's the one place where he's probably looking at Lucas and being like, yeah, I, I want to be able to do it like that. So anyway, Parat came away with the bronze, which is um, Turkey's first artistic gymnastics Olympics medal. And that's, it's it's very cool. Because Farat was also their first Olympian in 2016. So the fact that he also got their first medal just feels really nice. Yeah, I, I love this podium because it felt like narratively so perfect, satisfying. Yeah, yeah. it was like... Sojin Wan got his gold. Lucas got his medal after like an entire quad of being like, will Lucas ever medal? And then Furhat with the with the first ever medal for Turkey. So perfect. Yeah, we also thought Yu Hao had a really good chance of meddling, which he did because he's the one who got the apparatus cup spot parallel bars. But he ended up coming in fourth. Just a little behind Farat. Yeah, and I think his main thing that kept him off the podium was the dismount. It was quite low. Yep. Um, yep. And with a big hop. But it was a lot better than in Rio where he did like a... Bu- uh, well, he did a really good routine and then fell on his dismount, which cost him a medal. So, improvement. And also, like, I do just want to say the standard of this Parallel Bars final was like the highest I have ever seen like, 15.6 for a medal is, like, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Parallel Bars is generally, I think, the most deep event and usually, you know, pretty hard just to get into the final. Yeah, like, most, like, well, not most, all of the other events of 15 is, like, wow. But on Parallel Bars, it's, like, a 15 is, like, I mean, the cutoff for this final is, what, 15.325? 15.325, yeah. Petro, or sorry, David was the last one. Yeah. Can we talk about his save in the final? I don't remember. So he did his, his stutz to one rail with sort of the quarter turn, and he, like, missed his hand. Like, he just hit his fingers instead of, like, grabbing the bar, so he had to, like... It was very impressive. It was, so that skill is, it's a Covton, but not out of a front uprise. (laughs) Yeah, and this um, event final was the last Olympic final ever for Sam Akulik. And he went out with a bang and got a 15.0. So, yay. 
No one fell. I think both Petro and Joe, they were supposed to do like a skill. I don't think the same one, but skill to cross hands down on one rail and then heal you out of it. Um, and both of them were, I guess, slightly off in their one rail handstand and didn't manage to get the Healy. So their difficulty scores were down. Yeah, they both um, had 6.1. Yeah. But Petro did do his first eponymous skill, which is the um, back up rise, straddle front to upper arms. He didn't do his second one, which is the same skill, but two long swing. Yeah. Um, I think that one's a lot harder to do without this, major deduction but it's just the yeah. first one i mean both of them it's just such a cool skill yeah every time i see it i'm like whoa <laughs> well the the first time he did the second one i was like wait did did he just do that yeah we were both just like what just happened no i i noticed it first and i was like kevin kevin look at this you're like what i thought it was just a regular sasaki yeah. I was like, how did he do that with like no swing? And then you were like, no, it was different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so on to high bar. Um Oof. so yeah, this final was a bit of a mess. With Kohei and Tang Chai Hung not qualifying to this final, um, it was really Daiki's to lose. And he didn't lose. Yeah, I mean, from his scores in the entire rest of the competition, it was like, yeah, if he hits, he's going to win. And he didn't even, like, he has a 6.7 routine that he did it to become national high bar champion. And, I mean, I guess if, for example, Kohei had been in the final, he probably would have busted it out. But before the final, I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. You don't (laughs) need to do it. And he listened to me. Clearly, that was all my impact. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah so Daiki won with a 15.066 again like we mentioned other than parallel bars hitting a 15 anywhere else is like ah. Oh. yeah he was the only person to go 15 on high bar and also I tweeted this a few days ago but a fun fact about Daiki's high bar scores is that every single one of his high bar scores at the Olympics was higher than every single other high bar score by every single other gymnast at the Olympics like I said, it was Daiki's to lose. Exactly. And you know who came in second place? Yes, please talk about Tin. Go for Tin it. Tin Servage! Woo! Um, yeah, so Tin finally got his Olympic medal that I've been desperately wanting him to have. Um, he is not Croatia's first Olympic medalist because that was Philip Ude in 2008 on Palm Horse. But... Um, yeah, he got a 14.9, which, you know, the second he finished his routine, I was like, those pirouettes were bad. Yeah, that was, it was not one of his better routines, no. actually. It's, I was I like, mean, okay. They, <laughs> they really didn't have a good angle. It was pretty much like a head-on angle. So even if they went to the side a little bit, we would have been able to see the pirouettes better. But even with this head-on angle, I could tell that, like, They were not great. So Nikita, who ended up getting bronze, had already gone at that point and had gotten a 14.533. So when Tin finished and I I was like, "Mm, I don't know about those pirouettes. I was like, 
maybe like a 14.6. Like, I think I'll still go ahead of Nikita, by, but not by much. And then yeah. they came out with a 14.0. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a choice. I mean, actually, he doesn't have a lot of other deductions, so I don't know. It's actually really funny because Tin was the sixth person to go. And like we mentioned, this final was kind of a splat fest. And I found an interview that he did a couple days later. And he said, well, you know, I saw everybody else falling. So I considered doing an easier routine. And then I decided not to because it's the Olympics and why not? <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. I guess that's kind of similar to Daiki not going for the 6.7. But Yeah. Yeah, and it was really nice because obviously when his score came up, there were only two people left. So it was like guaranteed medal. Mm-hmm. So that was really nice. And also, like, I thought it was really funny. There was that interview from before the Olympics where he was like, yeah, I'm not expecting to win a medal. Yeah. He's like, I just want, I just want to make the final. And we're yeah. Like- and I was like, you are clearly one of the medal favorites here. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, you, like, his lowest placement, all quad. Has like been fourth. fourth. And that was debatable. Yeah. So, like, what? <laughs> like, what was he on about? I don't know. Yeah. So, um, like I mentioned, Nikita got third. And then in fourth was Brody Malone, which actually his routine was great. And then he went the wrong way on a talk full. Yeah. I thought the rest of the routine was the the best routine he'd done at the Olympics. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was watching it. I was like, I was getting nervous. I was like, what does this mean for Tin? <laughs> Metal. <laughs> yeah, then, I really then, thought, I also thought going into this final that he was like most likely to, because I thought it would be like Daiki first, Tin second, and then I thought Brody would be third. And I was, I mean, I've been saying since the team was selected that I think that Brody was the USA's best chance at a medal. Oh, yeah, um, we both said that. Yeah, and he, like, clearly was. So close. But, yeah, and, like, as a Nikita fan, <laughs> uh, I was watching it kind of the same as you were for Tin. I was like, oh, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, Brody doesn't make many mistakes, and the mistakes he does make don't tend to be on high bar. So it was quite, I was quite surprised to see that happen. I think he was trying too hard to end the pirouette at handstand. Yeah, he was really going for everything. But then the other four people in the final were, like, two points behind. Yeah. What was the fifth highest score? Tyson Bull with a 12.466. Yeah, that's, like... (laughs) So the top four all broke 14, and then none of the bottom four broke 13. Well, first, I just want to congratulate Tyson for being Australia's first, specifically for the men, their first event finalist at the Olympics. I don't think we even mentioned Tyson in our preview episode, so I feel a little bad about that. But, yeah, we uh, really should have. Sorry, Tyson. So, um, yeah, this is a, still a big achievement for him, even if he fell. Yeah, and his fall was weird as well. It was like he did his releases... And it was a little like the routine was like a little bit. Oh, edgy. that was like that was like he went he went to go into like a talk and then just like slipped off. 
Yeah, so he, like, went into the talk and, like, circled around the bar. And then instead of, like, coming out of it, he just kind of flew over the bar and fell onto the other side. And I think when that happened, or, like, not when it happened, but I think when I was re-watching it with my mom, I was like, oh, it looks like an old school, like, heck dismount. <laughs> so, yeah, that was interesting. Wasn't there something about he, like, broke his finger or something before the Olympics? Or, like, before he, the event no. final? Yeah, so he broke his thumb four weeks prior. So it wasn't at the Olympics, but still. Like, you really need your thumb for high bars. So the fact that he made the final with, like, a recently broken thumb is crazy. Yeah, I feel like this final was just kind of full of crazy people doing crazy (laughs) things. Because we had Tyson and his broken thumb. We had Takeru and his 0.5 elbows. And Nikita and his kidney stones. Oh, God, I forgot he had kidney stones. Speaking of Takeru, he fell on his casino, which, like, okay, it's a casino. It's a difficult skill. And then he also fell on a straddle to Kachev. <laughs> I've like, only ever seen, like, one other person fall on that. Yeah. In a final recently. And yeah. even then I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, and it was also funny because even after his first fall, he was just kind of laughing. And then, but the way he fell on the Tukachev was really funny. He just kind of like flopped and like rolled <laughs> on the floor. And I think it was because he was trying to protect his elbow because that's how he hurt his elbows was like falling on them from a Tukachev. Yeah, it was just really funny. He just kind of like ragdolled on the floor um, <laughs> and then, you know, stuck his dismount. Also... Milad Karimi fell twice on the same skill, uh, which was a Kovacs. I think because he was trying to connect it. I didn't think about that. So the first time he like kind of caught it, but then slipped off and fell f- like forwards. And then the second time he tried to do it, he just completely missed the bar. Yeah, so I was so, like, yeah. please don't do it again. And he qualified in in second, didn't he? Yeah. So that was that was too bad. And then the other finalist was Bart, and he fell on the Coleman, I think. Yeah. He, because there was, he did a 6.8 routine at a friendly competition before the Olympics where he connected releases. And, and he's he been showing that a lot in training videos, too. Yeah. And I don't know if he was like planning to do it or not. But he didn't connect out of the casino, so I don't know if that was, like, the plan, if he was playing it safe, or if he just didn't get the right, like, regrasp. Right, he didn't maybe connect he out of fell it. off. Yeah, and then his next skill was the Coleman, which he then fell on. But yeah, I mean, six fools in one final is, is pretty ridiculous. Especially when it's six fools and four people. But I do just want to say, even though the top three were the only ones without major mistakes... Those scores would hold up in any other high bar final as well. Like Nikita's 15.533 also would have been top three any other year. Sorry, what? Uh, Nikita's score, his 15, not 15, did I say 15? (laughs) 14.533. That was also the score for bronze in 2019 and 2018. That's weird. I have charts. I I have charts. I, I mean, I know you're right, but it's yeah. just it's just a weird fact. Yes. 
I mean, obviously, Nikita winning an Olympic high bar medal was not really something that we expected going into this Olympics, but I mean, it's Nikita. What can you say? <laughs> you definitely threw it out there in our preview episode. I did. I was like, he can win a medal on anything, so watch out. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't floor or any other events you would expect, but... Yeah, I mean, I actually wasn't predicting him to win any event medals, but I was well, predicting like if, him to win all if, around, so... Yeah. And that's about it for our Olympics episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>